Come on. You'd think after 50 lessons, you knuckleheads would have gotten your shit together. You know they're gonna start blaming you on me. We've got some schlock to watch now. Cheapo sci-fi tale or horror fail. Pop in the VHS now. Video high, don't even try to count the ideas it's stealing. <laughs> Just trust Video High, the most famous guy, will definitely play the villain. <laughs> Video High in episode 50, celebrate good times, come on, featuring the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> Jinkies, guys. This a salute to 50 classes at Video High Funhouse Experience is groovy. It's pretty niche, but it's cool to be recognized like this. We're celebrating getting through 50 classes in over two years. No wonder no one graduates. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go inside. Zoinks, like, no way, man. No way I'm going in there. Isn't that right? Niner the cybernetic dog? That's right, Rumpy. <laughs> Aw, why not? They have interactive Video High experiences. Like, I know how many horror movies Video High has covered, man, and I don't want to interact with any of them. <laughs> All right, group. Um, so are we not questioning the cybernetic dog? Great. Between Niner and Humpy, we have a cybernetic dog and a scaredy cat. <laughs> Come on, it's not like any of our movies have ever really been scary. Wait, this guy's named Humpy? Do you all know this dog? Speak for yourself, Casey. I still have nightmares of Peter Pepperoni. That's right, Josh, and I'll never leave you alone. Never, ever. Jinkies, it's him, he's here. Well, someone had to run the food court. <laughs> oh, no, wait, all the displays from our movies have come to life. My mistake. See, that's like what I'm talking about, man. Do you not remember what waits for me inside those doors? A Michael Myers ripoff, man. Yeah, baby. A mutant killer turkey. Mm, amen to that. A haunted red baron toy. Meh, on that one. Dinosaurs, shadow creatures, swarms of birds to pick out my eyes. Don't regret Australian animals, Rumpy. <laughs> Golly, we really have covered a wild array of movies on this podcast. Don't worry, Humpy. Every time we've dealt with a monster, it's obviously a guy in a mask. So just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Really? We're going to reference the OG bad movie comedy show on our 50th episode extravaganza? This is getting a little, um, rasturbatory? <laughs> Thanks, Niner. What better time? The people want to know how the sausage gets made. And don't forget pepperoni! Okay, let's go. I guess it's not so bad in here after all. Ah, what? Look out, gang. It's a melted wax William Shatner from the Devil's Reign lesson. And look at everyone running through that endless corridor of hallway doors. 
Step right up, ladies and gentle people. Beat me, Tarek, the greatest martial artist in world-to-world handbat combat win the stuffed tiger toy. Yee-haw, and it's me, the Devil Rider! Come and play my hoot and Shootout game and maybe I won't kill you! Alert, please slow down. Running will not be tolerated inside the Video High exhibit. Gee, the exhibit hall is filled with so many colorful characters, and so many of them sound like Casey. Ah, I don't hear it. Looks like we're coming up on the end of the exhibit already. 50 episodes really flies by. The last exhibit is so cool. It's a salute to our next movie, which is, oh my god! Zorks, I told you it'd be scary, man! Rutro, a rassacre! Uh, yeah, didn't catch that. Anyone speak Cyberdog? It looks like whatever exhibit was here has been taken for some reason, and everyone who is in this room has been brutally murdered. This looks like a job for the Mystery Machine, which, as you know, is another name for our Video High crew. Let's split up and look for clues. Jinkies, I don't think we need to split up because there's a masked man with a machine gun standing right there. <laughs> That's right, Video High. Time to meet your maker. I don't like this man. I'm not even a member of Video High. I'm just a guest. I'm getting out of here. Great work, Humpy. By attempting to run away like the coward you are, you caused the carpet under you to bunch up and trip the bad guy backwards into this rope trap I set up. I'm beginning to think Hanna-Barbera parody is definitely more of like a visual medium. <laughs> Let's see who this masked man is. A VHS copy of Lethal Weapon? No, no, that can't be right. The clues don't add up to a Lethal Weapon parody. We've already done that. Oh, look, gang. It's another mask. A VHS copy of Turner and Hooch. That's right. You caught me. I had to stop this week's baffling ripoff from being discussed on the podcast. It's not even a real movie. It's clearly a television pilot that never got picked up. I couldn't allow my legacy on the dog police officer genre to be besmirched. Uh, you do know K-9 came out like the same time as you, which led directly into K-9000, right? And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling podcasters. Well, gang, another mystery solved. And now we can discuss the masterpiece that is 1990's K-9000. Isn't that right, Niner? Reiner, Reiner, Reiner! <laughs> Seriously, why does the cybernetic dog talk like that? They railed into my head! Reiner, Reiner, Reiner! <laughs> Meet Eddie. He's a dedicated cop. Excuse me. Can I see your AMA card? And he's a little unorthodox. A human heat-seeking lethal weapon. So the department's assigned him the perfect partner. Niner. Imagine it. Man and dog working together. The potential was incredible. Now the secret is out. And they'll fight with their lives to defend it. K-9000. And in just over the time it takes to watch through an actual episode of Scooby-Doo, <laughs> the class begins here at Video High. Happy 50th, everyone. We're officially over the hill. Who says the romance would leave a relationship after 50 episodes? <laughs>
I don't know why anyone would say that. It's so specific what? to no. this situation. <laughs> no, that's so... <laughs> oh. We got a special, special, special movie to talk about. But before we do, let's start off with the roll call. First, Jamie Kennedy. 50 episodes of Video High? I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> nah, I'm just joshing. Hi. <laughs> you may be too old for this shit if you count it in dog ears. That's oh. that's that's how I was. Yes, yeah. Next up, uh, Greg Hansen. Okay, I came up with a few more titles for buddy cop slash dog movies because I think this hasn't really been fully explored. Let me unleash them. <laughs> <laughs> Doberman Pin Show. <laughs> okay. Kibble and Blitz. <laughs> I Rish Setter. <laughs> For the army variant, basic training. Oh. Why Fido? <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Narc. <laughs> and Pedigree PD. Sharks. <laughs> I got one. Paw and Order. Ooh. Oh, okay, all shit. right. Bump, bump. Bark, bark. <laughs> Josh Roth. I'd hardly call the product of 50 episodes of comedic development just a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who are you responding to? <laughs> all of you. You all said that, didn't you? <laughs> all of you voices in my head have said that. You all called me crazy. I've said that every episode that I've been on. That's <laughs> true. And who is that voice from the very future? It comes from the near future. In fact, at the end of this sentence, you shall hear our very special guest. It is. We're finishing our two minutes to late night loyalty card. Oh. <laughs> or maybe not finishing. There's, I'm sure the other people work on Wait, it. Have you guys had Janine Garofalo on here? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh. Hey, before I introduce you, Jordan, you want to pick that name up? <laughs> Comedian, performer, and co-creator of a, a masterpiece, my friend, the heavy metal late night talk show, Two Minutes to Late Night, also host of Podcast Galore, and just, I don't know, you're, you're just one of them, you're one of them content fucks. Jordan Old's <laughs> content fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to be here making content. <laughs> That's right, people. We got Jordan Olds in the class. Excited to be here, folks. I was brought in here uh, with the promise of dog movie, but I watched a movie and there was just like kind of like four minutes of dogs. <laughs> dog stuff. It took me way too long to clue in to what this movie was going to be about. Likewise. It was a solid 20 minutes into the movie when I was like, where is this going? Oh. Right after the second commercial break? Yes. And then I was like, wait, what do you mean? I don't see where this is going. And then about three minutes later, I clued onto it. Yes. A K9000 really meant nothing to me until... <laughs> I feel like K9000 was such a like linking red sign that the fact that it took so long to reveal K9000 <laughs> created for me a headcan of like, I don't know what the fuck this cybernetic dog's going to look like. It could be anything. anything could have stepped out of that thing. I did write down 15 minutes and I was like, no dog. 30 minutes in. All caps. No dog. <laughs> 40 minutes in. This is an hour and a half movie. Yeah. No dog. <laughs> and the thing is, Greg, to do the show, you, you were like, we're going to watch K9000. It's a dog movie. <laughs> like, I didn't lie. It feels like we watch a cop movie. The middle of it is the setup 
for a dog movie, and then they just keep doing the cop movie instead. Well, you got to understand, Greg's more of like an indoor dog. Right. When you let him out, he was just so excited he had to run into the backyard and bury the lead. A hundred percent. Oh, is that why our backyard is just filled with leads? Mm. Uh, I got to get the lead whacker. <laughs> The beginning of this movie is less cop, I'd say, and more guy who is bad at technology, like Luddite movie. It's almost... It's everyone's dad blaming <laughs> China for their problems. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky, it's okay. Just no harm done. This time. Jeez, don't like me, Nick. You're paranoid, Eddie. Let's go. It's not so crazy. Animals, they like certain people. They hate certain people. They sense fear. Machines are as smart as animals. Don't blame the machines, Eddie. Everybody hates you. I sort of felt nostalgic for that time where you could just explain machines away as if they sort of have the same emotional intellectual cues as animals. Just machines don't like me as being a character trait is, <laughs> is pretty sweet. I miss the time when Chris Mulkey could be a smoking hot leading man. <laughs> I was excited when the movie started. I was going to be like, oh. It's Hank Jennings from Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I do sympathize with machines don't like because I I feel I am technologically cursed. Like I feel like it's my fault that Casey is using laptop audio for this episode. <laughs> Drew, my partner in two minutes, he's like, You are literally cursed. Every machine <laughs> you're near. It breaks. It does a fucking weird thing. What is your experience with coffee dispensers? <laughs> oh, my God. And candy machines. Have you ever sworn revenge on a vending machine? <laughs> almost exclusively. Almost every single time I've ever used a vending machine, it's resulted in fisticuffs and a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. <laughs> also, every time you've ever sworn vengeance, there's been a snack cake involved. A Drake's coffee cake or two. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, you've thrown down for the honor of Little Debbie. <laughs> all of my fights and revenge seeking all take place in combination diner coffee shops. <laughs> Excuse me, may, may I see the hostess? Or... <laughs> nice. Oh, Thank you. Okay, all right. Very good. Thank you. Uh, Thank, no, you. Thank, you. Well done. Thank you. You know, these jokes, they snowball. <laughs> It seems like they were really just wanted to make a movie about a cop who's mad at robots. And they were like, <laughs> oh, we can only sell the script if they're buying dog scripts right now. We got to get that dog yeah. in there. Can we make it a dog computer? <laughs> Turner didn't like dogs, right? Isn't that what this is? It's like, wasn't he yeah, like... Yeah, he was a clean freak. Is Turner and Hooch the odd couple with dogs? I've never actually seen it. Never seen Turner and Hooch? I've also not seen Turner and Hooch. I haven't seen it either. What? I, what's going on? <laughs> this is crazy, y'all. Why haven't we? I, here's the thing: we're why all aware. Why have I actually? Why have I seen it? If I, I'm the odd person here who has seen Turner and Hooch, so I guess the better question is: Why have I seen it? And the answer is: I couldn't get to sleep as a kid, and Disney <laughs> Channel played movies late at night. Okay, I am surprised that I haven't seen Turner and Hooch. Greg, why haven't you seen it? Because I like ripoffs and not real movies. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that Turn on a Hooch is like a lot more kid friendly. This seems like it was trying to have a full on lethal weapon tone. Yeah. 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 Hank Jennings 
is shirtless, drinking in the day, <laughs> and listening to rights-free Bruce Springsteen. Yes. <laughs> this movie's got a hell of a body count, too. This yeah. movie is not afraid to, like, throw bullets at people and everybody and at and in them not for children this was a failed pilot turned into a tv movie it was apparently at least according to fucking wikipedia this is a follow-up to k9 the movie with jim belushi the jim and belushi a dog. movie what? Yeah. what so k9 is made this was made to be a television series coming off of that it didn't work and then they made two more sequels to K9, K911 and K9112 or K9, like. That is wild. So this is the fourth thing? No, this is the second in the series. This is the Tokyo Drift of K9 movies. <laughs> 89 is K9, 91 is K9000, K911, and then K9PI in 2002. K9 beat Turner and Hooch to the, to the box office by three months. So really, Turner and Hooch is a K-9 ripoff. Ooh. Seemingly, apparently, after 48 hours in Lethal Weapon, they were like, white guys and black guys can be <laughs> cop partners. I guess let's put white guys now with <laughs> dogs, dinosaurs, gnomes. That was a black woman and a dinosaur. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> We were breaking all kinds of boundaries with Theodore Rex, Gregory. Do you think they were trying to create an extended cinematic K-niverse? Yes. Like a whole... That's what it looked like in the Wikipedia article, I'll tell you what. If Niner could meet up with Hooch, or uh, spoiler alert, Hooch Jr., forget, you know. Two Hooch heads out there, no. <laughs> oh, he died? He died? I'll never say. They kill Hooch? That's the movie. <laughs> well, now I don't That's need to watch it. That's the movie where, like, the dog can maybe die because he's involved in gunfire, <laughs> and that's the one where they're like, "We can probably pull this off." Because <laughs> you're right, right? There is a certain darkness to this movie that Turner and Hooch doesn't have. A <laughs> <laughs> lot more murders. A lot more lot murders. More murders. <laughs> I, would, I mean, my memory is is not. I can't like go body count for body count. The feeling I am left with after this movie is that K-9000 has a lot lower regard for human life, but... <laughs> High regard for dog life. Well, except that he does have a dead dog partner that is an established plot point in this movie. <laughs> Which doesn't yeah. come into play until, what, an hour into it? That is wild. I just love that he has, like, they copied and pasted a speech from another cop thing where it's like, I don't work with partners anymore because <laughs> I lost mine on the job. But they just put dog in front of the word partner. <laughs> I wish they had leaned into that more. I wish he had been like, I don't work with dogs anymore. I've had to send too many partners to that farm upstate <laughs> with the horses and all the space. Do you know how many partners I've had to pull dental floss out of their assholes? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, I think you're absolutely right. The message of Turner and Hooch, yes, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, Hooch gets shot trying to save Tom Hanks. What? And then at the end, they do like a epilogue scene where Tom Hanks is giving a callback to a like speech he gave the dog once, and it's like an obviously puppy version of Hooch, right? He got a new oh. Hooch baby dog, right? And then a French bulldog with an eye patch walks up and recruits <laughs> yes. him to the <laughs> 
K9000 comes running down that hill and is like, Eddie, I'm coming, and gets winged. I really thought it was just going to be like this dog who, though we've barely gotten to know, Hannibal Lecter had the same scream time to emotional effect on the story. Like That dog is in like three hey, scenes. he won an Oscar, so... Yep. The dog did? <laughs> the dog 100 percent. the dog should looking back on like hearing about like turner and who looking back to the sentence i heard 45 seconds ago <laughs> love to hear about a movie and then think about it as if i've seen it my whole life <laughs> that's modern film discourse let's be real <laughs> it is strange that like that is the framing of the the cop movie is like it's tom hanks learning to love the dog or whatever yeah and then the dog dies so that like Tom Hanks can like fully love it. If I was writing any movie like that, like I would have Tom Hanks jump in front of the bullet to like save the dog and the yeah. dog and like that. Goddamn, that's, that's how this movie. This is what right. should have happened. Yep. Right. We got to save this amazing dog that has <laughs> thoughts and can process and has a better brain than a human being or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you talk about his processor, which is a Pentium 5. <laughs> <laughs> Intel inside. Intel inside. Bong, bong, bong. I, that was I, NBC. I, <laughs> that was NBC. Bum, 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 bum. Thank you. Thank you. I'm loving it. <laughs> this movie is wild because it's painfully obvious that this movie was a failed pilot and is so violent. It's so ridiculously so violent. violent. I have no idea at what point <laughs> they were like, this to? is going to go to TV. Also, so much plot happens in this theoretical pilot how could you this is a this is a whole series worth of plot yeah yeah i mean that is kind of how they did tv pilots back then in 1989 1990 i know this from trying to force myself to watch the greatest american hero pilot which is like a 90 minute movie Whoa. they just kind of like set up whole worlds feature length worlds and then spun it off into its own tv series it, it makes little to no sense it's so wild what do we think the k9000 Series would have looked this. This Nonsense. whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. Now, like, if this is it's the pilot, what's the rest of the series? It's a new caper of the week. I'm hoping Mr. T shows up. You know, there's going to be like a Cruella DeVille's kidnapping puppies <laughs> that they have to solve. And all the yeah. while, Asia's there as like a Charlie's Angels type person, like being like, here's the call. Make sure you don't hurt Niner. Which is also wild. Her name is Turner. Her last name is Turner. <laughs> and in the middle of the movie, we watch Chris Mulkey drinking a lot of hooch. Eddie is set up not only to hate computers, but also that he'll apparently never work with dogs again. And he gets over both of these things <laughs> instantly. Like, like they are not points of conflict despite being set up. It was very funny when we learned that he had a, a dead dog partner, former dog partner, because he, yeah, he doesn't show that. He doesn't play that at all. No. If, if, if anything, he's processed and like gotten through his grief. <laughs> his dog grief is well, over. He keeps the, he keeps it up on the mantle. You know, that Rover's always with him. The dog being the cop partner is not abnormal in the K9 universe. No. <laughs> it, it's only abnormal once he's like, oh my God, this dog has a computer and his brain is talking to me. <laughs> Registering the dog for police work <laughs> to the point where like the dog has a badge and a gun <laughs> is par for the course in this universe. I'm going to need you to hand me your bone and your badge. Drop nope, it. Drop yep. it. Drop, drop it. it. <laughs> drop it. <laughs> 
Leave it. Bad cop. Leave it. <laughs> Good cop. <laughs> 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 I, I have a pitch for a sequel. It, we introduce a female dog cop, and the sequel is called A Cab. All cops are bitches. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. If you didn't love this movie, that's something that's wrong with you, I think. Oh, who's saying they didn't great, love this great. movie? Okay, okay. okay great. I'm just getting. There's a Jordan. Get out of our house. You are a guest. Rub his nose in it. Rub his nose in the VHS <laughs> copy of it. There are pieces of this movie that I love. I love the Tom Petty bad guy. I love <laughs> he, his only characteristic is that he looks like Tom Petty. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're talking about budget Richard Lynch. <laughs> the other thing that I really love and I wanted more of was the guy at the beginning who owns the store that they crash through and he's like you are no police it's not offensive because I don't know what that guy is so I'm just gonna do a voice it's, it's no particular ethnicity which makes it okay what is this you are police you're no police you are lunatic crazies now what is this about happening here it's about armed robbery assault and grand larceny five thousand dollars worth five thousand dollars i spit on five thousand dollars he hates cops and i am with him i empathize <laughs> you're not cops you're crazy you are your crazy lunatic guys he's so fun i love him where the <laughs> fuck was he in the rest of the movie <laughs> but it was a sort of offensive caricature of bronson pinchot <laughs> I believe his name was Dijon, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's supposed to be French. It's even better. God, that's what that actor thinks a French person sounds like. That's unbelievable. He couldn't remain in the movie because he had to go to set to be in birdcage. Like <laughs> I, I loved his hair. I loved his entire look. I loved that he was just so clearly four feet tall <laughs> and rightfully angry because then we cut to the police station and the chief is laying into our main character eddie for doing two hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of damage two hundred and eighty thousand dollars that's how much they stole we must have counted that's not what the perpetrators stole that's how much you destroyed I'm going to give you five seconds, and only five seconds, to give me one plausible excuse for this pathetic history. And then, when I don't like your excuse, I'm going to bust you down to traffic control and put you on a little tricycle, where the most damage you can do is putting hold in the asphalt with your kickstand. I'm waiting. Machines don't like me, sir. That is the oldest trope ever like you wrecked a city block to catch it was it all worth it mcmurder or whatever the cop's name is and the hey mcmurder okay <laughs> you killed a city block mcmurder was it worth it the answer is literally always no <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally never worth it if it's that much damage and it's such a funny thing because the movie said it's five thousand dollars theft and then let us know just how outweighed it was by this guy's collateral damage. 
He's wild. Ties up a guy's hands with a bra. He, uh, he's got a picture of Morgan Fairchild in his wallet. This is a loose cannon who simply will not play by the rules. And then he gets put on traffic duty, yes? For yeah, yeah. a for, single for, scene. For 30 seconds? A single scene he is on traffic duty. <laughs> and then r- I guess right back into it. Then we got to a protest outside of the Piper Institute. This bastion of cruelty, Piper Institute. Oh, yeah, because it was respectable once. I confess that I myself gave money to its worthy causes. But why won't they respond to the awful charges we are now hearing? Where is the voice denying the reports of experiments on live animals, on implants, on, on gene tampering? And they're doing a little cheer. Hey, hey, Piper! It needs work. Not not the best. Not no. the best line. It, it, the... it needs some workshopping. Yeah, <laughs> they got to work on that. So this begins the first scene in our evil villain in the movie because he has showed up to the protest. What's this guy's plan in general? <laughs> they kind of allude to the idea that he has overheard the password to get into the parking lot. No, no, the security guard who leaves at the beginning him, yeah. hands him like a card key and like uh, so that he can get in the security guard who pretends to be sick so he needs to but be why there why did he need to be there exactly. why, were they why, at the protest? Like, why did he need to be there and therefore put himself on camera to be identified <laughs> almost immediately when this happens because he knew the protest was going to be outside that building it was an easy way for him and the security guard to do the handoff and then he could just be there it couldn't just have happened like in a coffee shop down the street <laughs> well no because then how would we exposit what the lab does <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, by the what way, what that lab do though? What do that lab do though? <laughs> what, do, what, what that lab? What that lab do? Good question. The explanation is yes, we are experimenting on animals and turning them into cybernetic things, but humanely, <laughs> don't count all the dogs we killed in Budapest or whatever. <laughs> this movie implies just ditches full of dead dogs <laughs> at the hand Genocide. of our love interest main yeah. character. Yeah. That lady is a, like, vile person who yeah. I hate so much. Wait, uh, it's, like, not, it's not at her hands. Before the movie starts, Anton just goes on a fucking dog shooting spree. She's on the dog-killing team. And also, <laughs> lest we forget... We're sticking up for a woman whose job is dog experimenter on. Dog (laughs) torturer is her government title. (laughs) The pod is about to open. She looks and speaks about the K9000 as if it's going to like change society or whatever. It's very funny because it feels like the setup of the movie should be like, this is the main goal of all main characters to protect the dog the bad guys want to get the dog. That's not what happened. She's the only one who gives a fuck about that dog. She's like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. This is the most amazing thing in the world because think about it. Dogs and humans can work together on game farms. Yeah. Oh my God. Wild. She said it would be like a bold new step in like species synergy, this radical idea of dogs and humans shepherding. Can you imagine a world where dogs can somehow take cues from their human owners to help like herd animals together like cattle and sheep? It's like, can't I imagine it? It's like... (laughs) Can you imagine a dog leading a blind person around like a pair of eyes? (laughs) They're looking to disrupt the shepherding industry, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. 
It's just crazy to think that hasn't been something as long as there's been dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like we named some dogs after that ability to do exactly yeah. that. Specifically yeah. the one that's in this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're introduced to Anton Zeiss, who is our uh, flock of seagulls behaired bad guy. What is his plan? I don't know what his plan is. The whole movie went by. I love this movie. It's perfect. What was this man's plan? Why wasn't it to steal the amazing it's, dog? He just wants to, to kill the, the dog? He wants to kill the dog and steal the servers. It's, no, it's happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Because right. he has these rounds. Right. There are these hubcaps he needs. <laughs> he had the movie. He was getting the reels of the movie <laughs> to the end of the movie. Yeah, it was very funny that the bad guy stealing K9000 was like, uh, while we're here, I guess just grab <laughs> it's an the cybernetic dog. <laughs> Wait, is that dog a cyborg? We might need that. <laughs> Honey, do we need a cyborg dog at home? Do we have one? I mean, everything about the lab was confusing because, again, our, our the doctor, Asia Turner. AJA, by the way, like the sound system. <laughs> all the names on this, Anton Zeiss, all the names here are just like, like fucking yeah. like a man Frodo was, is in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Ari Ooh. Cannon. The writer, the writer of Die Hard is looking around the editing suite where he's editing Die Hard and is like, oh shit, I gotta come up with characters. <laughs> yeah. Because also, the writer of Die Hard wrote this movie. Insane. Wait, really? Yes. yes. No wonder it was so tense and yeah. just taut from beginning to end. Yeah. Precision screenwriting. Clearly, the guy was trying to do the same thing. He's like, what if we take this like balding man with the same interface <laughs> and have him be shirtless a lot of the time and shoot a bunch of black guys wearing suits? What shop do villains shop at for these outfits? Because they're all very coordinated. What is this like Pierre's of Hollywood that they all end up at. A lot of trench coats too. It's all just like medium priced Italian suits. Totally. Is that what Dijon's was? Is that what Dijon did? Oh, that's his job. How am I going to make all these bad guy suits? You know not the police officer, you lunatic. I spit on your 5,000. They're going to kill me. I would pay so much money to watch a show about Dijon, the tailor to villains. Oh yeah. They're apparently all the same Size because Eddie had the dog steal pants from one guy yes, and a jacket yes. from another guy. Yeah, I would have loved this movie if they just landed the joke of the jacket is a little too small and the pants are a little too yeah. big. <laughs> oh. They're from not matching suits because the dog's colorblind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Are you wearing mauve and blue <laughs> with black shoes? You can't do that. This guy might be a cop. I like Chris Mulkey. I was so glad of his face because I was like, I've seen that face. Yay, a recognizable face. Yep. But he is moving very slowly through this movie. There are a lot of scenes in this movie where the dog is giving such a great performance. Ooh. Totally. Yeah, no, Wait, the dog really if you're was. about to say that Chris Mulkey was not acting his damn face off. Well, no, off. I, I just found... For the, like, hijinks of this movie, he played everything so, like, very slowly to the point where I wondered, could he not get really energetic because of the dog? 
<laughs> like where they like no no sudden moments, Chris. Like yeah, sort of like play it play it really reserved because we want the dog to be fucking in the zone, which the dog was. Like every turn of the head with the dialogue, like it all felt good dog actor, great dog actor, or at least very well conducted by the people. Not to take away from the dog, of That's course. That's dog acting. The only way that a dog acts is <laughs> being conducted by people. You don't think there's a few dog method acting? Yeah, just be, yeah. <laughs> Guys, imagine a future where humans and dogs can be seen partners together in a movie. Also, Casey, you said you saw Chris Mulkey and you were excited to ha- have a familiar face. Are you saying that Mrs. Whiffington herself, aka Greta from Liar Liar, was not a breath of fresh air? <laughs> no, of course. Is that who that is? Sure is, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Jordan. Her that self. is about as exciting as that little tidbit of trivia. <laughs> I yawned. Wow. That's what I felt when she came on screen. Oh, I talk about your card carrying flakes. That flake happens to be one of my oldest friends. So why is she picketing you? Because she's misinformed, and I can't tell her the truth yet. Lock down all data terminals and dump to mainframe for daily backup on my mark. Five, four, three, two, one. How do Edna and Asia know each other? They're friends. So she said she's one of her oldest friends. Edna has also funded a lot of Asia's scientific experiments. But then once she started, I don't know, creating cybernetic dogs, she was like, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> so what did she do before cybernetic dogs? What's her career path? Yo, I got to say, though, that's pretty passive aggressive to like still continue to be friends and then just low key protest yes. someone. <laughs> protest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> To run televised protests outside of your friend's place of work is is an interesting Nice to see you. Oh, you're looking great. Mm -hmm. Thanks. (laughs) It's a pettiness I can get behind. I don't think I could do that. But then again, none of my friends are like working for the government doing like dog remixes. (laughs) I don't know how I'd feel about that. So Dr. Asia Turner, she's got an interesting accent. The actress has a fascinating history because she's the daughter of Her Royal Highness Princess Elizabeth of Yugoslavia and the granddaughter of Prince Paul, Prince Regent of Yugoslavia. So what what we're talking about here is a nepotism, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I was so hoping you were going to say the prince of another nation. I thought that it was going to be like a royalty scandal. Oh, Oh my God. Are you telling me this movie was funded by two different royal families? (laughs) 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 I mean, maybe by some sort of foreign nation as anti-American propaganda, because this did not make me feel good about the American project at all. (laughs) No, not at all. I've I've never felt great about it, but this did not help. there's not, there aren't a lot of wins there. But I thought this country was for the dogs. Apparently it's not even good for them. <laughs> What's going on? There's a vehicle in loading. At this hour, but they can't be authorized. They must have had a gatekeeper. I'll check and see if... Tantalus? Tantalus 9, clear. False alarm. All right, girls, let's move it. Anton Zeiss breaks into the lab and kills a bunch of people, steals a box with the words K-9000 on it. 
that they hook up to life support and it's got like a weird cocoon egg in it which is very Cronenberg and creepy Anton Zeiss and uh, and his goons break in and suddenly we get extremely spry scientists jumping around (laughs) when they ultimately break into the final sort of area all of the scientists are like oh and and they kind of come out with their hands up like the please don't shoot me people and lethal enforcers nobody does anything everyone's just like i guess it's it's dying time yeah yeah. the only one who does is is dr turner she hides and escapes but Everyone else is just like, well, I guess we're going to die. Sorry, I'm not good. I'm not done. I'm not done. Catherine Oxenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Unless this is the ripoff report card. No, I don't know what you're saying. Guys, Catherine Oxenberg, the actress who played Asia Turner, the aforementioned royalty who came to America to become an actress after being raised in London, hence her accent. Her first acting coach was Richard Burton. But this isn't even the most wild thing. She has a daughter who was in the Nixium cult and has written a book about the experience of trying to get her daughter out of that cult, which has then been made into a movie that she was an executive producer on called Escaping the Nixium Cult, A Mother's Fight to Save Her Daughter TV Movie. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's way too long a title for anyone to take seriously, (laughs) Miss Oxen. The thing is, it's a cult movie, so motherfuckers be watching it. (laughs) If it is on a Netflix, people who are bored are watching it. America loves a cult documentary. At 5.3 on IMDb, it's uh, middling. <laughs> it is described as an okay watch. <laughs> she was married to Casper Von Dean, who is Johnny yeah. Rico in Starship Wait, Johnny Rico is technically royalty now? <laughs> yes. Well, they divorced in 2015 and she had two children, I'm assuming one of which is in the Nixium cult. Whoa. You think Casper ditched out once he learned that Yugoslavia wasn't a nation anymore and he couldn't be a prince? <laughs> <laughs> you mean I'm not going to get all this land? I'm out of here. Good luck with the cult, suckers. He goes, you go. I go. Slavia. <laughs> Got him. She had a brief romance with John Kerry. <laughs> what? Wow. No, I really wow. messed up. I went through so many possible ripoff report card uh, ideas, and this was not even on it. And I'm upset. She was married to producer Robert Evans for nine days. <laughs> Oh my God, I want this movie. (laughs) The cult, Casper Van Dien, the movie about the cult. Yeah, which fails, a failure, a movie about a cult that fails. The only failed cult movie ever. (laughs) And speaking of failure, John Carey. She has three nicknames listed on IMDb. They are Princess. All right. Uh-huh. Cat. Makes sense. Catherine. Casper's Beloved. Casper's Casper's Beloved. beloved. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. That's so cool. I, lo- I want to start a cult to this lady. I want to follow this lady over the Rainbow Bridge. One hundred percent what a crazy ass life to be born royalty in a country that doesn't exist to marry a starship trooper and then to to, to try and save your daughter from what was the nexium cult deal they were like the sex one one was that the the sex one uh, the one that did weird sex yes the sex one from uh chloe from smallville they were branding women (laughs) to to be clear 
they're all the sex one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. You're right. That's a bad question. Which cult is it? Was it the one that took people's money and did weird sex stuff? <laughs> so, uh, Catherine Oxenberg, after having been in a relationship with Casper Van Dien in 2008, was graced with the ability to be in the Starship Troopers 3 sequel as uncredited Tech 2. That's what you get oh, for Danny Rico. For being his beloved. <laughs> he's not even in wow. those. <laughs> yeah, he's still got pull, baby. You think he doesn't? I'll get you in the sequel. I won't be there, but you can be there. <laughs> you think Casper Van Dien can't walk onto the set of Starship Troopers 6 and, <laughs> and uh, move things around? That's clout, baby. I suppose it is. <laughs> Wait, oh also God. while they were married, he was in a movie called Road Rage, of which she was also in it as Forest Service Woman. Yes! Oh my God! Oh, my favorite role. What's mm, she servicing in the in the forest? <laughs> Those are the roles, though. You sleep with Casper Van Diem for. <laughs> yeah. It's like as truly sleeping your way to. Uh, uh, I mean, Listen, up, I guess. She's in that movie literally serving Henny. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yes. Serving yes. forest. Serving yes. forest realness. That's not queen. Yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely giving conservation. Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Oh, jeez. Wow. What's the plot of this movie again? <laughs> You know what? Her life now makes her part in this movie make somewhat more sense. Mm -hmm. uh, seemingly a so <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Everyone goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm along for whatever ride Casey is taking us on. And that is how Jordan started to be in the Nexium cult. <laughs> it's like she got into the genetically manipulate dogs game, but is like surprised by any greater implication of that fucking like Dr. Moreau ass behavior, you know? I mean, it has to be said, we chose this movie because it's a police movie and this is our 5-0 episode. Oh, that was the whole reason? Girl, come on. <laughs> I thought it was just because it was the greatest movie we watched so far <laughs> by, by leaps and bounds. Yes, well, that too. But most movies that we have watched, if not actually all movies that we've watched that have featured the police, which is a healthy amount of it's them. A lot. It's a lot. Yeah. This is the only one that has actually good detective work. This the police work. <laughs> what? You, Jordan, you shut up. Well, we're grading on a curve here, Jordan. We're grading, we're grading on a real By deal. the standards of the films we've watched on this show, oh, I yeah, will agree. Oh, yeah, very much so. Well, no, very no, much no, so. No, no, no. To, to be fair, they put together pieces in this movie in about five and a half seconds that are ridiculous. That, are, yeah, that, that are ridiculous. Like, he immediately assumes that they use the protest. <laughs> Why did he think it was the protest? Because, Josh, he can sniff out a lead. Yeah, he's, he's a good cop. And it's easy to do detective work when you can just watch the movie for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they sit back and they watch their movie. Yeah, they just get the dailies of the protest scene and can be like, is uh, <laughs> is Judson Scott in any of this footage? <laughs> he, is, he really does like lead her on like so crazy. It, it but I also love what jogs him to do this is her being like, cats can see and remember everything. If only humans could. And he's like, yeah. If only humans could. I've heard God gave his animals wonderful instincts. People that really care about animals have those abilities too. Don't you agree, Mrs. Whiffington? Oh, well, I've always thought so. 
Oh, please call me Edna. Pretend that I'm one of those people you didn't know who came up to you to get a ticket signed from you. I come over, I smile, I, uh, small talk, I shake your hand, I, uh, take a picket sign. Yes, yes, I remember. Um, he was older, he was not quite as handsome as you are. Uh, he was very nicely dressed, he was tall, and he had blonde hair. This movie moves at a goddamn clip. We start the movie with him as a detective. He gets demoted, and then he's immediately re-promoted. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up, Greg, because I need to go back to my favorite part in the movie, which is the maybe one-minute section when he is demoted to traffic cop, and we get a Bruce Springsteen sad working-class ballad <laughs> playing in the background. It's my favorite. Maybe just one dream will come Got demoted from the police force. <laughs> now you're sitting here drunk <laughs> on your mantles, you dead dog cop partner. Well, he's also listening to music while watching TV like a maniac. <laughs> Is he listening to that? Song? Watching TV. Yes. Yeah, he, yes. the beginning of the scene is him putting on a tape, and then he goes and drinks, and he turns on the TV. <laughs> in my sad-ass life, I am usually watching something while listening to something, while playing another thing, while checking emails on something else. Like, that was like, oh, yes, that is what a loser looks like. Me. Thank you, movie. Thank you. I mean, if he had a cell phone, he would have been on it, but I guess he doesn't get the dog until yeah. later in the movie. <laughs> Can you scroll through Twitter, please? Thank you. <laughs> you got 55 seconds. Why should I listen to you? Well, it's obvious that you have a very bad attitude. And bad attitudes lead to career problems. And career problems can be solved with a spectacular coup. You're smarter than you look. 35 seconds. And don't try to astonish me by telling me that the government is in on this, because I already figured that out. Well, you're smarter than you look. All right. How would you like to bag all the killers in one place before the night is over? Two seconds to spare. You're good, lady. How the hell does Eddie find Turner? He, like Turner, realized that no, Turner is not the only person missing from the office. That security guard also left uh, okay. just before the shooting. So Turner goes to confront the security guard at the same time. Eddie has come to ask the security guard questions and Anton Zeiss has showed up to kill the security guard, tie up the loose ends of both the security guard and Dr. Turner. He yells, you're under arrest to Dr. Turner, who runs? He catches her quick. He still believes she's in on it, even though he's just seen her undertake sniper <laughs> fire. <laughs> and, oh, and I love how she convinces him by saying that there's an even bigger score for him in yeah. it, and he quips. How'd you lose the colonies? Yeah, very good. Very <laughs> sweet. Wow. Aces. Wow. There's a moment in that interaction also where he tells her one of her friends who died in the shootout in the lab was actually a Fed, was like a federal agent, right? And she, Who is still alive. Who's still alive. And she reacts like, wow, then this really is bigger than I thought. It's like, lady, you were changing the dog recipe. Who did you think you were doing that for? That's why I think it's perfect that she's royalty. She's so moon-eyed over the idea of doing special breeding, but does 
doesn't think about like the implications of like the world and like people and death and like the dogs they're experimenting on. Like actual dog breeders. <laughs> I feel like we should really reiterate this whole time we have yet to meet a dog in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are we are a good thirty minutes into no, no, the movie. We saw we saw one dog in the lab when she was working. Thank was, you so yeah. much, Jamie. Okay. With the exception of this quick shot that like it goes over a bunch of cages and one of the cages says K six thousand and it's a dog, right? Yes. And that That dog's dead. Well that just tells me there's a lot of dogs dead. I do we don't know they were numbering <laughs> six thousand seven thousand. I think they were just burning through dogs, baby. This is a horrifying organization that Dr. Turner is a part of. Terrifying. She's she's a supervillain. She convinces Eddie that he can take down all the murderers all at once if he follows her into battle what happens after this i'm a little lazy <laughs> she knows that the only place that they could have gone is this warehouse because it has access to liquid nitrogen so she takes them there and, and then eddie calls nick up for help and then uh nick gets shot nick who is eddie's original partner not the dog though not, not the yeah, dog. Yeah. <laughs> who i originally thought was going to be the main character that teams up with the dog because of the YouTube thumbnail. I thought that too! He's the YouTube thumbnail. Because <laughs> he's more famous. I assumed it because he's the Allstate guy. I do love that he gives Eddie the I'm getting too old for this shit speech where he's like, hey, you're going to get me killed one day. And then like he almost does. <laughs> yeah, he gets mowed down because they're trying to kill Eddie. Which is to say that there's a mole somewhere in the police precinct. Does that... Really Wait, does that off? pay off? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, yes. No, no, it, no, it does. The federal agent is the mole, but we don't know how that... But how would he know? No, 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 that's not true. Sorry, y'all. There is no mole. They spend so much time thinking that we have someone on the inside. <laughs> that's not true. When Eddie is on the phone with Allstate <laughs> yeah. guy, fucking Anton Zeiss's secondhand man is just, like, hiding behind the water cooler or whatever, like, fucking well, yes. spaghetti. Well, that's, well, that's yes, true, no, but, that's but true. there is a... That's but, very but, true. Wait, he's just hiding in the police station? But the, fe yes. but the federal agent is a mole. He's, he's a mole. Yes. Yes. There, there's what is two he different mole? things. What is he moling? I mean, who who knows? But oh. okay, <laughs> but he's bad. Who knows? I don't know what the villain's plans are in yeah. this movie, Casey, so why would I know what the mole's plans are? There's a lot of double-crossing. We're not sure of what and who, but it's happening. We were trying to accelerate the training of marine guard dogs in Beirut. Of course, I didn't approve, but I wanted to test my theories in the field. The government did too little too late, and when we pulled out of Beirut, there wasn't room for the dogs. Zeiss decided that the terrorists would use them against us. So he shot them all, one by one. What she has done to these dogs, besides give them ass Jeeves and like a couple <laughs> Nextel minutes, is like make them better at doing dog violence. Like make them better little dog murderers. Yep. The thing is, just the concept of the dog being able to communicate with you as a dog, like that's literally all I want. <laughs> if I could go, like, why didn't you poop today? That would solve so many of my problems. It's true. It's true. So much of my life revolves around like trying to figure out how to like help the dog. It's like this is primary purpose of a dog is a pet because they fucking rock. Yeah. There are better things to do everything that she wants to do right. with this device. Like she's 
inventing yeah. technology for the wrong organism. It's insane. Right. If you want a killing machine, there are significantly better killing machines that evolution has given. Build a machine. <laughs> you can build. You built a a literal machine. Build a literal thinks. killing machine. You don't need to put it in a adorable thing that like loves companionship. <laughs> Make a monster. What are you? We doing? have also not talked about, nor does the movie talk about the technology of the self implanting chip machine oh, yes. <laughs> and there's only one <laughs> the single one the single the, the thing that just finds people and drills into their fucking skull they, yeah. they fucking crab I claw so <laughs> yeah the claw game that you're the stuffed animal <laughs> and i love the machine i love even more that niner purposefully does it to Eddie. He inflicts this curse it's upon kind of the, Eddie. The movie doing that to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie tonally is a fucking mess. This movie is one half yes. PM <laughs> action procedural, one half Gadzooks <laughs> fucking air buddies. Yeah. Yeah. The first half of the movie, Anton Zeiss shows up to destroy swaths of the population of apparently people who have bottles of jam on their persons at any given time based on the <laughs> amount of blood that falls out of their body when they're shot. And I don't know what network would ever put out a, a TV show oh, with yeah. this much violence in it. No idea. You're right. Totally it is crazy, but there is something like so perfect. It is literally, because we're, we're right. I know because I paused and God, it was so beautiful you that. You paused? <laughs> All right. We've done a lot of paw puns tonight. Yeah. Can we get to just the word spelled differently, but said the same? I think, I think we've hit the wall. Those are called homophones. <laughs> but also, you, you were going to use the word perfect with it which I think is a stretch, but go ahead. Well, no, there is, there's perfection in exactly halfway through the movie is when we meet K-9000 up until this point. So Eddie and Dr. Turner, why are they infiltrating this base? They want to rescue K-9000. They want to get all the secrets. Do they? There's is... all the secrets. There's secrets, the secrets there. Yeah. We don't... The computers. But is that their stated aim? I feel well, it's like... Her st it's yeah, her... It's what she wants. It's a secret right. aim, I think, is to say. No save. one else in the movie gives a shit about this. Only no. she does. No. Yeah, wait, you're right. Turner wants K-9000 back. Yes. Eddie wants the score that Turner promised him. Yes. So Eddie wants to advance his career... Turner wants to save well, the Well, Eddie dog. wants to arrest a bunch of murderers. I mean, a cab, right? But let's let's say there's, there's something honorable. <laughs> this guy Anton Zeiss has killed a, a, a like office it, it, park yeah. of people, so we should. Yeah. <laughs> he does need to be taken down. That's fair. Yeah. It's funny that we are meeting the dog halfway through the movie because that's like how you pace out a creature feature. Yeah. Yes. Like at minimum, oh, yes. like you meet the monster halfway. It's not how a fucking dog movie works, man. You meet dog minute 10, and the dog is a part of it. Look at this sloppy work. Well, at least he did it right. K-9000, what is this? Beginning of a dream. 
Under a hail of gunfire, Eddie and Turner are trapped in the room with K-9000, which up until this point is just... Which is the most Cronenbergian part of this movie, by the oh way. Oh my God. Yeah. It's oh, just man. a glass it's case. Wild. A glass case filled with fog. Placenta. In a placenta-like cocoon <laughs> with the word K-9000 <laughs> on the bottom of it. Everyone has only... When even referencing the box has just said it needs life support. It's still in its cocoon stage or whatever, right? <laughs> I was like, what horrific dog monster is going <laughs> to jump out of this? That's the beauty is it could yeah. have been anything. Like literally any eldritch like machine of, of meat and metal <laughs> could have like come oozing out of that bag. The first shot as the case opens and the fog spills out is like this undulating <laughs> placental sack, right? That first just looks kind of like creature-like and then the the snout becomes clear and it's just a dog with a sheet over it <laughs> and, and what should pop out but not a cyborg not like a monster to run from but just a like 14 out of 10 heckin pupper like a fucking german <laughs> shepherd normal as shit comes out i was like hey what's up i've been what the whole movie's about surprise <laughs> and, and yeah chris volke literally goes about a dog? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question that the audience has been asking. Amazing. Well, the thing is, is that the answer to that question is no, but a dog is here now. <laughs> <laughs> what is the opposite of an economy of storytelling? This movie has lavish spending storytelling. Economy of storytelling. <laughs> yeah, this movie has irresponsible spending habits of storytelling. Definitely like royalty. Like yeah. royalty. Yeah. Like royalty. I do. I want to bring up. It's just a normal dog. Not even like a metal collar with a beep with like a light on it. Something. No, and the nothing. voice is the most normal human man. Like <laughs> nothing vaguely exciting <laughs> at all. Like if you wanted to do something to be like, oh, well, it can't be like a Joe Pesci. He's a computer or whatever. Get a fun, smart voice. Like get Glenn Shaddix in there to be like, yeah, right. well, you know, if I use my computer brain, you like I, I can I can help us. I'm basically Google, like something. Our bad with machines lead is fiddling around with the main machine. It shoves an earworm into him, which felt very con like, considering we got Judson Scott in the movie. Like it felt a little Rathacani. Yeah. It is important to me that we point out Eddie tries to turn on the self destruct, and then Niner pushes a button on the machine, which then triggers the claw device and implants Eddie. Well, with the no, chip. Josh, if it was really important to you, then you'd know that Eddie just starts pushing buttons. And because he's bad at machines, <laughs> the machine says, gonna self-destruct. And Eddie goes, oh, <laughs> I guess that's all right. And then Niner comes up and goes, no, let me, let me fix that for you, bro. <laughs> and then Niner pushes Eddie and himself out the window. And there's an incredible shot of of a dummy and it's like a three frames, bad dummy three falling. frames of a dog from like a hunting shop like, <laughs> like, perfectly stiff yeah. it's not the, the greatest effect i do think it's maybe the funniest 
decision to make in it's that moment though so like funny. to like jump three stories with a person like a goddamn superhero yes it didn't look like that because they just threw a, <laughs> a dog doll out the window but yeah. even, i don't give a shit not even a dog doll it looked like a stuffed tails from sonic yeah the they went to the orange county fair before the movie started and did the, and did the bottles game a couple of times and went that one they want a stuffed peter griffin and threw it out the, <laughs> the amount the amount of defenestration in this movie is crazy so many things fall from heights out of windows yeah. oh my yeah. god they use their budget entirely on throwing people out of windows and into water or like through awnings did they hire someone just to to be like a dummy thrower and they were like we're paying them a full day we're gonna get that full day <laughs> hank jennings you want to jump out the window again we got we got this guy till 10 knew we were up there there's gotta be a leak somewhere but where that should be easy to deduce eddie who have you talked to lately oh i only told nick I trust Nick like a brother. Holy mother! For a second there, I thought you were talking. <laughs> but, uh, your lips aren't moving. <laughs> but they don't have to, Eddie. You're hearing me through a microchip receiver. You're the only one who can hear me. Microchip receiver? Right. It's the one the K9000 symbiote box implanted in your head. Of course, it wasn't supposed to be you. The project was going to do a nationwide search for a volunteer. Do you think they'll be mad at us? Eddie wakes up on his own doorstep, and Niner Had brought him home, him I guess. Whole way. Yep. Eddie doesn't immediately question the fact that the dog is talking to him, which I thought was interesting. Oh, the, the, yeah, the threshold for Eddie finally doing his, like, double take, whoa, 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 for the talking dog is, like, a little too prolonged in this movie. I'm telling you, Chris Mulkey, he, he really drew it all yeah. out. He acted at a pace like he wanted to kill this eventual series. Like He was like, I will do the <laughs> pilot movie i am not doing a dog show <laughs> there's no way and this is where we learn that eddie was on the canine squad and his dog partner died and also uh niner doesn't know how to play fetch also niner is the internet yes, yes. Also immediate that. memory of everything that's ever existed except the the, the basic the joke is the basic thing that uh, dogs know he yeah, know it. that's funny. They yeah. removed the like dog part of his brain, whatever that means. It means all of it. The dog <laughs> part of his brain is the whole brain. Well, to be fair, they do explain that nine. They, this is their little like. See, um, dog experimentation is fine because you see, Niner was born prematurely, like without oh, right. a cranium. We put him in the incubator, and it was science that saved his life and also turned him into this. <laughs> That's right. They they hand wave they, away the Frankenstein yes, because they it's do. like yeah he would have died otherwise. He would have died otherwise. Uh, right in the middle of this movie is where we get the tonal shift along with the now lead and titular character of K nine thousand. And up until this point, again, as I was saying, we sort of have like an early nineties cop action movie with Korg MIDI soundtrack. The the music is pretty serious. Right at this midpoint. The oh fucking, my god! So we we just go full Tangerine Dream suddenly, yeah, yeah. and it's wild. It's so weird. The dog theme is insanity. Yeah. Yes, my favorite part is Niner's POV theme. 
So whenever we go into a POV of Niner's like robo vision, where he's like looking around things, we get the same theme over and over again. It's like, is that the one that was the Halloween theme on Steel Drum? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yes. yes it it's the theme from Curb when you're going from scene to scene, but on Steel Drum, just like that. It's fucking beautiful. It's so funny. But then it gets remixed with serious music later, so we'll have like dramatic like stings, and then suddenly we have to switch to Niner POV, and they're like, oh, we established this aesthetic. <laughs> So we kind of just have to like put you know, them together. They stick to the style they and do. you got to appreciate it. I mean, at least the sound mixer was much more proud of that than the dialogue. <laughs> Eddie, somebody's got to be double crossing us. Somebody who's very well informed. I hate to tell you if it's that description, Dr. Asia Turner. That's impossible, Eddie. How do you know that? Your computer brain? No, she smells nice and she has beautiful eyes. Yeah. I noticed that too, but that's not much of an alibi. I'm gonna make a phone call. What the hell is that? I'm getting you an outside line. You're amazing. No, just cellular. Eddie's human intuition combined with Niner's nose helps them figure out that Turner called a taxi from where they were. Eddie sees that Nick got shot on a newspaper, but he was very nonplussed about this. And we well, find because out because the newspaper it said cop shot. It did not say cop shot dead. So he's like, it's fine. He's in the hospital. But like, we all get shot. It was a leap that I didn't even make. And then we discover that Niner has cell phone service, which I fucking loved. I wish. Are you a car phone? <laughs> it's so. It's... <laughs> Nobody else seemed tickled by that line. I liked that line. That line tickled me only because cellular phone wasn't a cultural touchstone yet. (laughs) So they had to be like, what is something that Americans know as phones on the go? Car phone, which makes the technology even more impressive. He calls the precinct. The captain tells Eddie to meet him at the ER where Nick is. They go and Zeiss is there with or Zeiss's assassin is there, I guess. And then he gets defenestrated, which is amazing. <laughs> it's a defenestration number two. Is that the word we're using for shot from the here on? No, defenestration. <laughs> no, well, yeah. shot out a window. Shot out, out a window. window. Yep. Oh. He gets shot and then falls out the window. Is that what that word means? Yes. Yeah. I never really understood it. When have people said it to you? Other than this episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> was all those guys I shot out a window. Hey, wait. All Don't right. defenestrate me. <laughs> <laughs> you would do that. You would defenestrate your friend like this, Casey. <laughs> You wouldn't defenestrate your wife. (laughs) (laughs) We were partners. We worked together for nine years and you'd defenestrate me like this. (laughs) Well, I guess you're just going to have to defenestrate me, aren't you? (laughs) If you got the conies. I felt nothing for dead Allstate guy. <laughs> I love how little he cared. He's alive. He's fine. He's just in an oxygen tent. I mean, he's alive-ish. They had him in like a mosquito net or something. They had him in like all plastic. Yeah. Yeah. That bullet had a bowl on it or something. He like contracted a pretty bad MRSA in the hospital. He got to be like, don't worry, buddy. This is a great hospital. You're in good hands. <laughs> they said up Sam a fair bit 
And then he gets shot, and then he's out the movie. Yes. They were banking on him coming back for the series. Yeah, definitely. They were definitely, they wanted all steak guy for the series. He was shot. He had already, like, broken up with Eddie. He was too old for this shit, despite the fact that <laughs> Dennis Haysbert at this point in his career was not too old for this shit. That was a little baby with a mustache. He's spry. I, at first, I was like, haha, that's funny. That guy looks just like the Allstate guy. Until <laughs> I Googled. In exactly two hours, 150 people expect to see me. When I don't show up, your little charade will have a new audience, one composed entirely of police officers. But you will show up, madam. And you will look marvelous as you cut your little cake. And you won't breathe a word about me. Otherwise, your young protege there, well, she just might become Safe Harbor's first piece of fresh-cut bait. We learn about Edna's plans for a Safe Harbor, which is, I don't, I don't know, know, I don't know an animal plans. sanctuary of some kind. And Zeiss uses Turner as bait to lure out Niner and Eddie. They go to the groundbreaking ceremony where there's a bunch of people and they try to escape. Zeiss and Eddie have a standoff. Eddie calls Zeiss's bluff that he's going to kill all the people at the groundbreaking ceremony. You wouldn't kill all these people, would you? Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, oh you would? Oh. 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 But Turner- I killed an office park. What are you talking about? Like- Turner is rightfully scared that that will happen. And Eddie's like, nah, it'll be fine. And walks away. Nothing happens until they get in the car with Mike the Fed, who's dirty. Eddie gets to have his hero moment of walking out of a restaurant <laughs> without incident. That scene opens with a cut that either could have been some frames missing between reels or a like really exciting bark cut. Did y'all love that bark cut? I missed that. No, I missed this. Leading out of the scene, because yeah, Edna and Dr. Turner are together. Anton Zeiss shows up as like, well, 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 the other actors in the movie. I should have known you were all here. <laughs> I saw you on the call sheet. <laughs> Midway through a threat, it cuts to the next scene and it's a, the POV of a fire hydrant that Niner is barking at. Oh. And it like it, it's like on a word too. Monroe is alive, Doctor. And so is that four-legged monstrosity you created. Between the two of them, they should be able to figure out where you are. And then you'll kill them? No. Then we'll find out just how good you really are, Doctor. At surgery. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I, I don't know. I like that. I like to bark cut. Yes, I do remember this. I, I do love remember that. this. Yes. I will say, I always think it's a cop-out in uh, cop? cop yes oh. uh, i think it's a all cops are bad out <laughs> in movies where the dog has a speaking voice you're being a coward if you make the dog have a real dog bark and it's not the voice actor having to go, yes. yes oh my god you're so right oh god. that guy should have been borping at the fire should have been borping absolutely there should have oh been corpse in the adr yes. booth if you're gonna make me listen to a guy that's a little bit bored in the vocal booth having to read all these these lines for the dog, you better make me listen to him the whole fucking time. The party ends, everyone's gone, and then Eddie and Turner uh, are just sort of stuck in a pit. And then they want Turner to take out the devices, and we meet my favorite character in the movie, an evil talking laser. An evil talking laser. Light the laser with the face. Yes. <laughs> the laser face. with the face with the munchy it. mouth. It's so great. Well, I was here for the laser. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Eddie beats up a bunch of people, and I love he shoves a guy onto Niner, and the guy gets impaled by the laser, kills him. Beautiful stuff. It should be said, the laser that looks like the bad guy from Aquaman. <laughs> Black Manta? Yeah, the Black Manta like... laser. Yeah, yeah Black that's Manta. A... It doesn't matter because it's all a James Bond laser table setup. <laughs> No, Mr. Niner, I expect you to bark. <laughs> Niner's phone got busted by the laser, which is unfortunate. It needs to recharge till tomorrow or something. <laughs> and he tells the ladies to get out of there because he's going to save the day. He sends them to safety. Turner refuses to go. Edna leaves. And then Eddie goes into a f- observation deck. I'd like to spend the next 30 minutes discussing where is this tower in Los Angeles <laughs> I want that to the go fight there. happened. <laughs> I want to I, go there. I tried there. looking. I don't know. It's the it's the apartment from the, the long kiss goodbye or whatever. <laughs> so that's the tallest place in LA. It's that or the Capitol Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Zeiss kicks Eddie out of the thing, but Eddie clings on and then Niner... Pushes Zeiss out, third defenestration, and a dummy falls in slow-mo through lattice work, which is nice. Lattice work is a fun switch up from awnings and water. (laughs) (laughs) And then Eddie uh, walks away with barely a scratch. And then we cut to later, Eddie and Niner are chilling out on a beach, both with sunglasses, and Niner has his own drink, which I loved. And then they play fetch on the beach, and Eddie says, now, be a dog. And then they go and they play fetch and then there wasn't a series. <laughs> Take out the really, really static opening credits, the obvious commercial breaks. The fact that this movie f- ends on a complete freeze frame of a dog <laughs> midair catching a ball and sort of has the like, do, 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 I like at the end of the, it's like, this is a TV movie. This was made for television. That's how you know. That's how you know. You know, the dog shows up late and everything, but there's no really part of this story that's solved by having a cybernetic dog. Is that, I mean, maybe nothing. Some of what would have been like some no. like pretty heavy phone book work was probably avoided, but like currently the dog could have been swapped out for a satellite phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The Die Hard guy wrote a Die Hard movie and it was like, all right, you need me to put a fucking dog in here. He's a fucking dog. <laughs> I guess we're supposed to feel the sort of catharsis of Eddie is able to accept a new dog into his life. But even that doesn't feel and like a machine and a machine. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like a problem, nor does it feel like he has really accepted a dog into his life. He's sort of brought a god into his, like, he sort of, like, has a, yu- a new, like, Yu-Gi-Oh card he can throw down whenever, like, some bad guy activates his, like, trap, right? Yeah, he's discovered a new way to communicate with other life forms, and this is, like, a life form that's beyond him a little bit, and he's like, let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's chill out. Oh, yeah, come on, you should be a you should be less than yourself. <laughs> oh my God. Don't be a cybernetic dog human hybrid. Be a dog. Be a dog. He tells him at the end of the movie don't be more. Be a dog. What do I got? A ball. That's right. Now, be a dog. Hey, hey. Ho, ho. 
what would happen in the first season of Got to Know. Hey, hey, ho, ho. This movie should have become a show. Hey, hey, ho, ho. No, I'm serious. Is there a Kickstarter or something I can contribute to? I would love to watch this. Chris Mulkey's still acting. I bet he would do it. Like, imagine if we did it like a Logan where K9000 is older and Chris Mulkey's older and they've sort of been in the game for too long. Anyway, I'd watch it. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Rip off report card about this ho ass movie. What? <laughs> Show was right there. The K9000 ripoff report card is brought to you by Jet Fuel Can't Melt Steel Breams. <laughs> Alex Jones' new book, where it turns out George W. Bush teamed up with a school of cybernetic freshwater fish to perpetrate 9 11. <laughs> Though not the household name of other prolific producers like Roger Corman, Charles Band, or even David F. Friedman, executive producer of K9000 and production company namesake Charles W. Freeze, or Chuck Freeze, ought be gifted the same such reverence. I must admit, I started the ripoff report card inauspiciously. I went down many tangents before thinking of Freeze. And this is because I know him largely from his home video output. Freeze Entertainment was a small but mighty VHS distributor, having graced us with titles like Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, Demon Stone, and The Peacemaker. What I learned is that this particular wing of Freeze Entertainment was by far his least successful Hollywood venture, launching in 1987 before shuttering in 1990 and filing for Chapter 11. What Chuck Freeze would be known for is the ridiculous glut of television that this man made. During his six-decade-long career, he apparently had a hand in or produced more than 5,000 episodes of television, 140 television movies or miniseries, and 40 theatrical films. His prolific output earned him the nickname of the godfather of the television movie, having produced films like Neon Empire, Small Sacrifices, LBJ The Early Years, as well as shows like The Amazing Spider-Man series in the 70s, The Martian Chronicles, and much more. Before striking out for himself, he had been the VP in charge of production at Screen Gems when it made shows like Bewitched and I Dream of Genie and The Monkees. Before moving on to VP of feature film production at Columbia, overseeing films like Five Easy Pieces. When Freeze left Columbia and went to Metro Media in the early 70s, he produced 25 made-for-TV movies in four years before striking out on his own, a trajectory planted in his head early in the industry by a friend trying to dissuade him going the completely corporate route. You don't hang around in the industry for that long without accruing a few fun stories. Apparently, years after his Screen Gems tenure, I Dream of Genie star Larry Hagman told Freeze that he hated the suits at Columbia and Screen Gems so much that he once hired a plane to fly over the studios so he could urinate on them. Awesome. <laughs> from Jack Nicholson to Sally Field to Tales from the Crypt the movie, Alien Outlaws and everything in between, Chuck Freeze truly changed the world of television forever. No small feat for anyone. So, an earnest toast is actually due this man who, like many producers, made it all happen behind the scenes. Though, personally, I'm still mostly just interested in his B-movies. And this has been the K9000 Ripoff Report. Yeah. Ooh. 
Who are we? People who love K9000. What do we want? More K9000 <laughs> in the show for, please. <laughs> when do we want it? As soon as the necessary budget can be accrued. <laughs> Rip off report card. Who's a good video high class? Who's a good video high class? Who's a good? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Classmates, before we send this episode to live on that big farm upstate with all the other episodes, what are we walking away from K9000 with? What could end up on the final test? I expected them to not do a lot with the concept of robot dog. Even though this is two years after RoboCop, that establishes what a robot police officer is in the zeitgeist. They did it in DuckTales. This is what the people think it looks like. And they're like, yeah, no, it's a dog. And I was like, okay, well, the voice will be fun. Nope, regular white guy. As regular, as white and guy as it gets. And it's only at maximum seven minutes of screen time. It's the same rules as Jaws. That's not correct. That's yeah. not how you do this. There's more Godzilla in Godzilla. Jordan, welcome to B-Movies, where you're going to get sold a bill of goods, and sometimes that bill of goods ain't no good. Just like we say every week, save the whales tomorrow, we'll save your butt today. I give this movie K-9 out of K-10 stars. <laughs> you add a star to that, goddammit. Yeah, how dare you. Oh, you know what? It should be K-9 out of K-9. Yeah, there you go. As we wrap up our 50th episode, don't forget, Morgan Fairchild's picture was once considered a great punchline. Oh my god, we didn't oh, even we talk, talk about we the Morgan Fairchild picture. Oh. Wow. oh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. We failed. Oh. I just want to say, hey, what did I have? A ball. <gasps> now be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to our teacher, Philip Marlowe, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra, and Gabriella Tessitore of Scout Harris for our theme music, Justin Ferrero of the Rizzos for our bed music, and Shear for our logo, and the entire Video High crew, Greg Hansen, Casey Regan, Jamie Kennedy, and me, Josh Roth. And a very special thanks, my God, no one I would have rather done the 50th episode with than Mr. Jordan Olds. Oh, Do you have things you want to plug? Things you want to send people to? Go to two minutes late night.com. That's where all of our stuff is. We got new videos. You go. You can find the social medias on there. You get yourself a shirt. We got new shirts. Please go to two minutes to late night.com and check out the show. The show is hilarious. The covers, if you like heavy music, are great with people you've heard of. And this, I don't know. Your stuff is great, man. So thank you hey, so much for coming and doing this. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Next class, we kick off Schlocktober with 1984's The Jar. Does it blow the lid off of terror as the tagline suggests? Tune in to find out. The sort of running thing we do, Jordan, is for about 45 seconds each episode, we stare into the void for a little bit. Oh. The void's logging on to Zoom right now. <laughs> it's turning its camera on. And the void is staring back at you. Oh, there it is. Oh. <laughs> void, can you see us, Void? Void? Void, your mic, your your mic is off. Mu- My, you're muted, Void. <laughs> Every time. Void, your, your mic is making kind of like a robot sound. <laughs> it sounds like a reference to something that happened off mic. <laughs> void, do you want to explain yourself?
They logged off. They logged off. Okay. Simple Equations Podcast Network.